Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of our Maxwell video podcast. For all of our friends listening in on Spotify or Apple podcast, uh, please make sure you listen to this later on on Facebook or YouTube because our amazing speaker today has some brilliant slides for us. I have my notepad here ready for for notes, but without further ado, I want to introduce everyone. Um, here is my friend Nick Coates. He's a brilliant marketer. He's been doing uh, this for way longer than uh, I have. I'm a big fan already. Uh, so, I, Nick, actually, please tell everyone a bit about yourself. I always find it much better than me trying to uh, go through your history and your strong points. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think for your audience, Anna, you know, my my background, um, I got my start at uh, ClickBank years and years ago. I took a job as a director of sales there and it just opened my eyes to this whole world of, of performance marketing. This was back in, you know, early 2014. And uh, and then I, I just transitioned from there into, you know, being my uh, running my own business. I built my first business around a influencer and business partner by the name of Thomas DeLauer uh, in the keto space. It was an amazing journey with him. I built several more thereafter where we would just consistently scale businesses from, from nothing to, to eight figures. And, uh, you know, in the journey of, of, of that and, you know, flash forward to today, now we run an agency where we have a little over 30 brands that we do everything for from media buying to optimization. Uh, we've got, gosh, almost uh, 40 people working for us uh, all over the, the, the world. Uh, so it's, it's grown into quite the, the business now, but uh, the journey has been fun. And along the way, we've learned a lot about, you know, what to optimize in a business. And that's obviously what we're going to talk about today. But first and foremost, uh, just thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm excited to, to give a little here today to your audience. Thank you. That's why we always try to uh, achieve, right? Just giving a big back to the community. And, you know, Nick is being very humble. Um, he's so much better than a lot of the people that have tried the same thing, right? And uh, we pride ourselves here at Maxa. We're always very honest with our audience. And we only bring on speakers that have something to share. Uh, we don't take any sponsorship posts, even though we were asked. We always just invite people that we know for sure have been successful due to their skills and innovation. So thank you. We are so honored to have you, Nick. Um, I'll, I'll have some questions. So what we did, we'll have a bunch of our friends live with us today. And then because of the time zone, some of our friends will be watching the podcast later. So okay. a few of the questions on Skype from some of our partners last night. And then if you don't mind at the end, um, I'll ask you some of those. But um, yeah. I'll, let go, I'll let you go through the slides because I'm very, very excited about those. And then we will not do with the rest of the questions back then. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. So let's get into, you know, optimization and, and CRO and all of that good stuff. So a lot of people ask me when they're getting into conversion rate optimization, you know, what what do you optimize? Like what what real estate matters? And we're going to get into all of that today. Like what what matters in the customer journey and what are some of the biggest levers you can pull? Uh, but even more tactically, what skills you need to be good at uh, optimization. And if you don't possess those skills, you know, uh, a way to sort of look uh, for those, how to shore that uh, weakness maybe up in your business to where you have a partner that can maybe help you with some of those skills. So um, that's what we're going to get into today before. I get into that. You know, we've worked with a lot of brands over the years. Uh, this is just a snapshot of a few of them. Um, and the way that we do things just consistently works over and over and over again. And it's because uh, we kind of reverse engineer problems back down to the root cause a little bit the way like a mechanic would diagnose a problem in a, in a car. You know, if there's if your car's not running right, you kind of work your way backwards uh, down all of the things that maybe could be causing that until you get to that root cause. And then all of a sudden the car runs perfectly. Uh, but one little thing that's off and the car won't run right. And uh, and so uh, this is what we do. We take a very mechanical approach to optimizing people's businesses. And it's not just optimizing a sales funnel. It's optimizing the entire business. So what does that mean? Um, we believe uh, 
that there is a core four things that every business has to have in order to run effectively. And I'll tell you what, guys, now is more important than ever that all four of these are working in perfect harmony with one another because traffic costs are just going up. I mean, our, our Facebook rep, you know, we, we did a review and costs have gone up almost 30% in CPMs uh, over the last uh, year to date, basically year to date, 30% rise in CPMs on Facebook. So if your business was just to put that into perspective, if your business last year was running at a 10% margin, mm. let's say Facebook was your primary traffic channel, you are no longer profitable in your business this year. If you didn't change anything, if you didn't optimize anything, if you didn't get better in any way, shape or form, what you did last year, if you didn't have at least a 30% margin in your business, you are now not profitable. If, for example, Facebook was your primary traffic channel. Now, I could say the same is true for any traffic channel. YouTube prices have gone up. You know, Google uh, obviously is an extension of that. Um, affiliates, the prices, as Anna probably can attest to, keep going up, meaning they expect more, right, to send traffic. And that is always going to be the case. Next year, traffic is going to be more expensive than it is right now this year. It is always going to go up. And so you have certain levers you can pull as a business owner to optimize and to get cheaper traffic or to get uh, more money on your day one customer journey so that ultimately you can uh, make more money in your business and afford these rising costs in the landscape because it is going up whether we like we go back, you know, four or five years ago when I started doing this uh, really heavily in, in paid paid media. My first year I spent seven figures in paid media was 2016. And I can tell you right now that the traffic costs uh, this year are at least three. I haven't quantified it, but at least three X or greater than they were before. So needless to say, I think we can all agree traffic costs are going up and optimization is how you overcome that. That, that is how you deal. It makes you get better. As things get worse, you have to get better. And that's how you stay in business and the business owners that adapt and get better when costs go up. That's what I love about marketing, uh, online marketing, uh, all these scrappy marketers out there. We always find a way to make it work, but optimization is at the core of that. So I really believe that there's four areas of real estate that you can, four core areas of real estate that you can optimize. And I've represented them here on this slide. So here you have the funnel, right? So on the funnel side of things, um, uh, you have to, uh, you know, think about the funnel as specific areas of real estate after the ad or after the click and email, depending on what your traffic channel is. That is for us, the way we define the sales funnel is everything after that click that the customer experiences. So it could be an opt-in page, it could be a sales page, it could be the order form, it could be the upsells, it could be the thank you page, anything that they experience before they transition the relationship into email. That is the funnel as we define it. The creative. Now, the creative is a lot of things. Creative can be in your ads, Creative can be in your funnel, right? Creative is visual uh, representation of things and written representation of things. So uh, visual creative examples are videos, GIFs, images, etc. Written creative is obviously your copy, right? All of this matters and it goes into different areas of real estate, the ads, the funnel, the back end, right? So, we really believe that creative is one of the biggest needle movers in conversion rate optimization. Uh, I think a lot of people would probably agree with that, but we deploy that creative approach in the funnel, in the ads, and in the emails on the back end in order to drive massive increases in those various business objectives for the business owner. Uh, the ads, the ads are 
absolutely, uh, you know, critical, obviously in the beginning of that journey. But again, you could think of an ad as an email if email is your traffic channel. So I don't want to leave those folks that do a lot of mailing out of this discussion because it's a critical part of it. And the way that you pre-frame that click in the ads or in the email has so much to do with how the subsequent funnel uh, and backend email provide or, or, or performs, right? So, um, and then you have the ascension, which is the email piece, the backend. Uh, and and I've, I've said on here a little funny note that it's all about deposits and withdrawals. Don't overdraft your bank account because I find that a lot of people, especially in this space, have a mentality of, making the most amount of money possible from email every single day. And they're not thinking about building a long-term asset out of their email list. I myself was guilty of this. Um, I've done it. So, you know, uh, no judgment if, <laughs> if that's you whatsoever. I just think it's nice to think about the fact that you have two core strategies with email, not one, which a lot of people just go straight to monetization. There's monetization, but there's also long-term asset building. And that's where I talk about deposits and withdrawals. So meaning, you know, how are you creating an email relationship that's going to last, you know, a long time and be an asset there for you, um, you know, when traffic channel costs do rise and things get tough in your business, this is the area of your business that's there to support you and be there for you when you need it. And if you're just you know, hitting that email list as aggressively as you can every day, that's fine in the short term, but that that asset is going to be very short-lived. It's not going to last a long time unless you're constantly replenishing it with new data, which is a tough business to be in. And I would argue maybe isn't even, uh, you know, as much of a long-term business asset, then it just becomes a cash-producing asset in your business, which may or may not exist uh, uh, very, very long from now. All right, so let's get into kind of how I believe all of these pieces work together. So you'll notice uh, on this on this slide, we talk about uh, revenue growth being at the center of these gears. And so for those of you listening and not seeing the visual representation of this slide, um, I've got five gears on this slide. And obviously, if you understand the way gears work, uh, if one stops turning, if one is seized up, none of it can turn together. That's the way that gears work. So your revenue growth is at the center of this uh, representation on this, on this page. Now, if you want your business revenue to grow, and I really should have said profit growth here because that's all that matters at the end of the day. That's what we take home and put on the table and eat is profit, not revenue. Uh, your profit growth in your business is dependent on all of these areas of real estate working in perfect harmony. And if one of them seizes up and stops working, then guess what stops turning in the center of this, right? The entire thing stops and your profit growth goes away. So I think it's really important for those listening to understand that when it comes to optimization, every single thing matters, you guys. It all matters. Your ads, your funnel, your creative, your email, it all needs to be optimized constantly. It's a big task. But that's what it takes to win in today's competitive landscape. Again, going back to my example about traffic, um, traffic is, uh, you know, it's a bidding system, you guys. You're bidding for traffic. It's an auction. So whoever can afford to pay the most wins in an auction, right? Everybody knows that. You go to an auction and you're bidding and you're raising your hand and I'll do, I'll do this much. I'll do this much. And the guy that bids the most wins at the end of the day or woman. Uh, so if you are able to pay the most for that traffic, you win. And how you pay the most is by paying attention to these four critical areas in your business. You got to pay attention to all of them, not just one of them. So that was a mistake I made early on. And I feel like it's important to share with you guys. And I hope this resonates with some of you that it all matters. I, I know there's a lot of gurus that talk about your you're this one thing away from making it all work. You're one funnel away or you're one whatever way. The, the truth is you're all of it away, meaning it all matters. Like if, if your business is not profitable, you need to be focusing on these four core components of your business and determining which one of them is the most broken and then attacking that problem first and fixing it and moving on to the next one. So, um, 
I hope, I hope this resonates with you and makes sense. I, I really believe that a lot of folks are not focused on the big picture and then their profit just continues to decline. It goes down and down and down as traffic costs rise, as affiliate costs you know, to send you traffic rises. Uh, you're making less and less money and you're probably banging your head against the wall and wondering what you can do. And the truth is you can do a lot. There's a lot of optimization potential in every single one of these things. So uh, let's talk about the, uh, the puzzle. Actually, I'm gonna skip a slide here. We're gonna go to which piece of the puzzle might be missing for you. So I like to think about it like these questions that um, you, know, you can sort of ask yourself, which will identify which area maybe you need to focus on. Uh, let's talk about the funnels for starters. Are you getting enough traffic to your website, but you're not able to scale? Meaning you're getting enough traffic there, but maybe it's not producing enough day one net AOV, right? Maybe your traffic costs are too high in that you could need maybe 10 more dollars in day one average order value and that could be all the difference in the world. By the way, a 10% increase or 20% increase in average order value could, in, could equate to a 300% difference in your business growth. Meaning uh, you might have an affiliate promoting for you or you might be bidding for traffic on Facebook. Again, I, I don't care what the traffic source is, but the difference in your acceptable CPA being 10 or 20% higher might be the difference in you winning that bid, winning that auction for that person or that channel's traffic. So whether that's an affiliate or whether that's Facebook, remember, it's all about whoever can pay the most to win, you know, gets the customer, right? They win the day when it comes to that bidding system. So on the funnel side, you really got to focus on, on which parts of, of the funnel are broken as well. Do you have a conversion rate problem? Or do you have a day one average order value problem, right? And those things together are, are ultimately what is going to make up your EPC or your earnings per click, right? So you're going to pay a certain amount for a click and you're going to earn a certain amount for a click. And obviously as a business owner, there has to be a delta there or you're not making money. So if you're not making money on those metrics, you really got to dive into where you're broken in that journey. Is it that your conversion rate isn't strong enough? Is it, you know, and you can go upstream from that. Am I getting enough people from the sales page to the order form? If the answer is no, then you probably have some sales messaging that's that's a little bit off. If you're getting people to the order form, but they're not converting, right? Maybe you haven't put certain elements on that order form that make that person feel comfortable about doing business with you. If you're getting them through the order form, but your day one average order value isn't enough, well, now you've got an now you've got an opportunity to optimize your upsells or downsells and that customer journey post order form. So there's a few core questions you can ask yourself on the funnel side of the of the equation to determine is that where you're needing to focus the most right now, right? And uh, once you determine that, the creative, the creative is what is going to unlock that piece of real estate performing better for you. So identifying which parts of that page are stopping it from doing well. I'll give one example because we don't have time today to talk about every single piece of the, of the funnel and what you can do at each little individual step. But I'll give you one example. We take a top-down approach to conversion rate optimization. So meaning the above the fold real estate generally can move the needle the most in your business. There's elements above the fold that we test that uh, you know uh, can swing a business two, three, six, eight hundred, nine hundred percent in terms of performance. We do it every single week for clients in our in our business, and and we do that by taking this sort of systemized approach top down. So when I say top down, I mean the very tippy top of the page. This could be your header, right? Maybe there's a headline below that. Maybe there's a hero image or a video. Maybe there's a sub headline. Maybe there's a button, right? All of these areas of real estate are testable areas of real estate and make a massive impact. Now, here's where a lot of people only get small wins and never really huge wins with conversion rate optimization. The way we get seven, eight, 900% increases 
is by testing different page recipes. So that's probably something you guys have never heard anybody say in the conversion rate optimization space. And I'll, I'll explain to you what that means. So a page recipe is, let's say you have three elements above the fold, above the fold of the page that you want to test. Headline, hero image, and subheadline. We'll just keep it as those three for right now. Let's say you have three ideas for each of these three elements that you would like to test. Three different possibilities. So mathematically, that's 27 possible combinations that though that three by three could create for you, right? Well, you, you can't really responsibly test through 27 page variations unless you're one of the biggest traffic providers in the world, you know, like unless you have a ton of traffic and can reach statistical significance, it's tough to test through 27 different page recipes. So what I encourage people to do, and it's really simple, go to Google Docs, you know, create an image of the above the fold of your page, uh, highlight those three different elements, and then work your way through the different ideas you have for those three different elements. And then come up with what you believe are the most powerful three combinations or five combinations, depending on how much traffic you have, that create a recipe of a page. So the reason I don't want you just to test a headline or just test a subheadline is that the relationship of those elements moves the needle faster than the elements by themselves. So there is a there's a relationship between these elements on a page, and most people in conversion rate optimization don't understand that. A powerful headline, subheadline, and hero image that works together in a special way uh, can produce an amazing outcome or an amazing result that a single variant headline test would not have produced. And so what I want you guys to do if you're going to test this is leverage some software. There's a lot of them out there. Leverage some software like, you know, VWO or CB Split or any of these types of software. Come up with these page recipes and then split your traffic equally to your control and then to these different page recipes that you've created. And if you do it this way and you have, you're, you're dedicated to doing that, it's usually within two or three testing cycles of this that we can have some really big home runs where we're hitting like hundreds of percent increases in page performance. Um, so that's a very tactical example of how you could deploy conversion rate optimization in your business right now, even if you're not highly sophisticated at conversion rate optimization. And remember, send a specific amount, you know, an equal amount if you can to that control and split them equally so that you get a really uh, a test without noise in it. So that, you know, it's, it's every other click is going to every other version so that you can see how your control is performing against those variations. I see a lot of mistakes made around, well, they'll just send all their traffic to one new variation and see how that does. Well, the traffic I get today is not the same as the traffic I got yesterday. So really to have an accurate test, you need to be throttling that traffic dynamically between the control and the variations that you create. And then it has to reach statistical significance in order for you to make a decision. So that's just kind of like a basic 101 on how right now anybody listening could set up a test in their business to do conversion rate optimization on a sales page, for example. I want to go upstream of that one click, though. Let's talk about the ads. Uh, let's talk about the creative specifically in the ads. Mm -hmm. Another area of optimization a lot of people don't pay attention to is I'm paying a fixed amount for this traffic, right? Let's say it's Facebook, for example. I'm paying, let's say it's a $50 CPM that I'm paying to Facebook. That means I'm paying $50 to get my ad in front of a thousand people. If 1% of those people are clicking on my ad and going to my sales page, right? I've, I've paid $50 to get, what would that be? A half of a click, a half of a person. So that's probably a bad example. <laughs> but, uh, but you get the point. You have a fixed cost that you're paying to get that traffic served to somebody. Now, let's say I double that click-through rate. Let's say I put some great creative, again, on this missing pieces of the puzzle. I got some great creative that I want to put in front of that ad. I want to test some different hooks and angles and visual creative stills, images, GIFs, et cetera. 
that might click better. It might resonate better in a newsfeed or scroll stop somebody, right? And get them to click over. And I get that conversion rate or that click through rate, I'm sorry, on the ad to a 2%. Now, I'm talking about unique link click through rates here. So, uh, you know, uh, let's make sure you're looking at the right metrics in your ad account. But the point is, if I double my click through rate on that ad, I still only paid $50, but I got twice the amount of traffic to my sales page, right? So that is another huge area of optimization that a lot of folks miss. They don't think about this and zoom out and look at, oh my gosh, could I maybe have a huge win in my business if I just got twice the amount of people to click on the ad? That effectively, if all your other metrics held, would double your business, right? That would absolutely double your business for the same amount of money. So that could be a, a really good area for you to take a look at. Um, on the Ascension piece on the back end, now maybe you're doing all of this on the front end well, but you're not making any money on the back end. So let's say you've got, and we run into this a lot, especially with branded offers, yeah. where they've got a great front end, but they've got, really got no back end. Yeah. And so they, you know, they're paying a lot to acquire this traffic and maybe they're doing a great job of breaking even on acquisition or maybe even making a little bit of money on acquisition. They're profiting on acquisition, but then they're not really monetizing their back end as weak. They don't have the email journey set up appropriately. Mm -hmm. So this is all, these are all really critical components of the business that when I say conversion rate optimization, I think about the whole business. I don't just think about a sales page or an order form or an upsell or any of that stuff. I think about the entire customer journey from the first ad or email they click on all the way through to when they become a customer and then all the way through to their journey as a customer with me, which then gets into lifetime value calculations. And all of those areas of real estate are opportunities to uh, monetize, opportunities to make better, uh, if that makes sense. So uh, I think that these are all critical areas that you should be assessing constantly as a business owner and determining where you have room for improvement and working on optimizing them. Now let's talk about what, you know, competencies you need to win at CRO. And a lot of people don't possess all of these qualities uh, or core competencies, if you will, or characteristics, maybe they don't possess all of these. Uh, not everybody is analytical and empathetic and creative and technical. I'm not. I, I mean, I not. I don't think Anna. Are you all of these things? Oh my gosh! I wish. Not you, right? So <laughs> we run successful businesses, and the reason that we do that is because we understand what we're not good at, and we share those things up, right? And we we get people around us that are better at these things than we are. So to really win at conversion rate optimization and I really think uh, it's overall business optimization. You kind of have to possess these, these different qualities. So one is analytical. For, again, for those that don't have the slides in front of them and are just listening, one is analytical. So are you analytically minded? Um, uh, do you look at data? Do you get excited by looking at data and dissecting it and breaking down what's performing well and what's not from a data standpoint? Are you decent at spreadsheets? You need to have a basic good analytical ability to be good at optimizing your business. Um, you need to be creative. These two, these two circles, analytical and creative, don't often live in the same human being. Um, they're most of the time not the same person. It's very rare that you have somebody that possesses uh, those two things uh, just innately, right? So, um, Creativity is extremely important. How are you going to come up with these creative copy ideas? How are you going to come up with the creative visual ideas around different images, around video concepts? Um, it's important to be honest with yourself and say, am I good at these things? And if I'm not, how do I go and surround myself with somebody that is? If you're early stage, that might be that you partner with somebody. If you're later stage, it should be that you hire somebody. And then you have the choice on hiring. Do I want to hire internal or do I want to hire external uh, for that, right? So um, uh, technical, right? I am not technical at all. I'm the least technical person in the world. I'm horrible at it. Um, 
but technical competency is really important when it comes to optimizing your business. There's technical components in optimization that matter so much. Um, I'll just give you one as an example, page load speed. Page load speed is oftentimes neglected by people and they don't understand that that is a huge lever to pull. Again, you're paying for the traffic to hit your site. If 90 something percent of that traffic is, is bouncing because it's taking too long for that page to load, you paid for the click anyways, whether it was an affiliate or whether it was a, whether it was a, um, uh, a traffic channel, you paid for the click and, and if you have technical problems, then you're just leaking money out of your business. So you need to be technically sound as well. And the, and the last sphere I have on here is empathetic. And I thought a lot about this in a way to put this that would resonate with you guys. And I think a lot of folks really don't consider this when it comes to their business, but it's, if you want to be great at optimization and optimizing your business, you have to be empathetic. You have to be able to put yourself in your perfect customer's shoes to think what they will be thinking and feel what they will be feeling when they go through the customer journey that you've built for them to anticipate their objections, right? To think about how to overcome those objections to think about their experience on the back end and email and what that feels like for them. Are you making more deposits than withdrawals? Uh, you know, I find a lot of business owners lack empathy. And so again, I think this is a critical one. I would challenge everybody. Nobody talks about it very much, but you need to be empathetic and, and think about that journey that your customers are experiencing. And if you can, the more empathetic you can be, the more you can put yourself in their shoes and imagine yourself as them, the better you're going to be at, at, at architecting a journey that matters for them that ends up in a conversion and ends up in a win-win for your customer and for your business. Yep. So that is it. That is, that is the, I think we're at time. If I'm not mistaken, you told me to target 20 minutes. I think I might've hit it perfectly, roughly. Yeah. <laughs> perfect as always. Um, yeah. So I'm going to stop sharing and go back and we'll open it up, I think, at this point for um, for questions or or comments or anything like that. Absolutely. We have let me pull uh, my questions here, too, uh, because I told you so we send an email to all of our friends last night and uh, for the ones that are in different time zones, we just take the questions and uh, bring them over to you. Um, okay, so I had one from Chris, uh, my darling Chris, who's a product owner who used to be an affiliate. Um, so Chris is asking, uh, basically, um, I've been doing everything on my own. What would be the first person I should hire to grow my business? So he has a product. He is technical, uh, going back to one of your slides. So he was able to build a fantastic funnel. He has the fulfillment. He has a bunch of affiliate friends. But to grow, what would be the next person he should hire? Because obviously, we're able to grow and hire smarter people to, you know, to do what you do. So should it be an accountant? Should it be a CTO? Should it be, I don't know, uh, someone very analytical, like a COO? What do you think from your expertise? Uh, oh. What was the first hire? Yeah, that's such a good question. So I, I think um, a lot of people have this question, actually. It's a pretty common question. It's who the per first person I should hire is. And my answer is, it depends on what you're lacking when you think about those core competencies in your business. If going back to that slide, so it's not a one size fits all question, which I know is not, you know, the answer that Chris wants to hear or any of the audience wants to hear is that, oh yeah, it's an operations person. It might be an operations person. Oftentimes, um, you know, people are not operationally sound as CEOs, they're visionaries. And they've got a lot of areas in their business that they need optimized from an operations standpoint. Um, so it really depends on when you're looking at this puzzle of like of your overall business, where are you the weakest? And you need to hire to shore up those weaknesses in the business so that you maybe you're not creative. I mean, it sounds like Chris, if he's very technical, he might not be super creative. And so it could be that the next most important person for him to hire in the business is a creative person you know, to handle uh, producing a lot more creative assets for him to, and maybe affiliates or traffic channel to test through, right? Um, so I think that uh, it really just depends on what their weakness is. Perfect. 
great. Wow, we have a lot of questions here. So I will read them because uh, obviously not everyone is uh, watching us on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, Nick, we have a lot of Shopify vendors reaching out for traffic, but they have websites, not funnels. Um, this happens to me a lot too. Uh, what tools should we recommend for them to start building a funnel? And you know, like when a, a, you have a website, they want affiliate traffic, but it's not really a funnel. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a VSL to make it sell, uh, but it's just a website and it's very hard to send uh, yep. traffic to a website. So basically the question is, where do we send them to build the funnel? Like what's Oh, uh, it's a great, this is a great question. I love this question. So um, I, by the way, you know, over half of our clients are are e-commerce stores, you know. So we we deal with a lot of e-com clients, and we generally speaking will build them a cold traffic customer journey that's funnelized, and then we will monetize either middle of funnel or bottom of funnel on the advertising journey back to the store, and then of course on the back end email back to the store, right? So a great place to start though or let's say it's Shopify. I think Shopify was the specific yeah. example. Um, so there's uh, there's page builders in Shopify, like Gem Pages is a good one. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Gem Pages, let's take a drink real quick. No problem. You, you've been speaking um, for 30 minutes. I actually want to find it and put it in the chat. Is it GEM Pages? Yeah, Gem Pages. It's, a, it's, an, it's an extension or it's an app in, in Shopify they can add. But that will build that'll build a lander in Shopify. So um, and then Zipify is another one uh, that's pretty good, too. They they have different strengths and weaknesses with both of them. You'll just have to evaluate and see which one you like. But obviously, with now Shopify having native one click upsell, that's a possibility, too. Now. There's another journey that we'll build out for clients, especially in the supplement space. Some of our biggest um, seven figure uh, a month clients are built this way. So we'll take a lander in Shopify built on gem pages or Zipify. We will push the buy button customer journey to a click funnels cart. And then, then that gives us the ability to do all the dynamic upselling and downselling that we want to do. And then we'll use a third party tool like app trends to pass the data back into Shopify for fulfillment. So really, when it comes to this question, you want to build a journey, though, that that business owner that has the least amount of impact on their operational side of their business, they've spent a lot of time and energy and effort building out how to do fulfillment and all of this in their business. So as a service provider, you need to build a, a, a journey for them that helps them do business as usual as much as possible, but then it has a much higher conversion rate. So for example, you could do the one, three, six bottle buy options, plumb those three different buy options to ClickFunnels carts, right? To cart pages, and then go through an upsell and downsell journey and then pass the data back into Shopify. So now you as a Shopify or as a service provider have built a journey that plugs right back into their ecosystem and fulfills flawlessly but yet now you've given them a tool that can acquire traffic more profitably. It's more attractive for affiliates to drive to, more attractive for you to drive traffic to as a media buyer if that's your business. Brilliant, fantastic. Actually, as you were speaking, I shared, um, I found the pages and I shared them in the chat. So you guys will, will find them there. And thank you, brilliant questions, you guys. I, I love it. All right, here is another one. Hey, Nick, in one of your slides, you spoke about creatives. Can you recommend some online tools to create smart creatives? I only use Canva. So Canva is a great tool um, to, to build creatives. Um, uh, another one that's free that uh, a lot of people don't know about is called Lunapic, L-U-N-A-P-I-C.com, I think. Um, it is just simply an image editor. Um, but it really will help you with image editing and you can do text overlays and different sizes of images and different and, and all of that. So I think really using that and then um, getting into obviously all the stock photography type accounts that you, you know, can afford to do depending on where you're at in your business. But, you know, the shutter stocks of the world, the, the, these types of accounts. Um, 
grab those assets over there so that you're allowed to use them and then bring them into these types of tools to edit up and create what you're what you're going after. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Next one. Hey, Nick, you mentioned CV split, uh, CV split for testing. Any other good tools you can recommend for testing the different creatives? Yeah, um, I think it just depends on what your um, uh, what you're built out on and what tool, you know, really your tech stack has a lot to do with the answer to that question. But um, I had mentioned uh, really the two that that we we have our own software on the back end. So um, we personally have built our own that has AI in it and it makes smart decisions based on things. It's it's really cool stuff. So I don't I don't have as much experience in the, the third party world, but I know that a lot of customers that come to us to work with us for optimization, we're usually migrating them off of VWO or CB split or something like this. Um, not because those aren't great tools, they are. They're just not, they just don't have the AI component that ours, ours has. But if off the shelf, the best ones I think are probably CB split and VWO. VWO, that's fantastic. Visual website optimizer, yeah. Awesome, fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right, next one. Thank you again, guys. Love the questions. All right. Where do you see the affiliate costs being more acceptable at the moment? Probably, you know, we're, we're asking here between Facebook or Google. Um, do you see one of the platforms being more accessible? For us, for example, native, uh, we've not, noticed that with ref content has been easier by comparison with Outbrain. We love both platforms, but, you know, um, mm -hmm. sometimes uh, it's uh, some of them make it easier. Yeah, I would say as a rule, um, we go where the strengths of the business are. So in other words, if we have a business where we've got the ability to produce a lot of video creative that will convert really well, we'll go to YouTube with that because that's obviously a video based customer journey. Um, the sales page also needs to have video on it. Basically, you have to keep them in a video consumption mindset in order to sort of like or, or a video consumption modality uh, in order to create a, a conversion that you want in that traffic channel. So I, I would say there it's not a hard and fast rule that Facebook's better than Google or YouTube or etc. Mm -hmm. um, it is just simply that you need to play to the strengths that your business has the ability to provide. Awesome. Love it. All right. This next question goes hand in hand. Um, as a new owner, where should I test first? Um, so I think the question comes because um, a lot of people think Facebook is the easiest, but, you know, for for some of the owners, it's easier to uh, buy a CPM or if you have your own list, do email traffic. But from your expertise, what do you think? You're a new owner, you're, you know, confident you have a good funnel. Um, where should they test first? Yeah, great question. So I think um, for for me, I always like Facebook the best. Now, again, this depends on your offer. If it's a highly aggressive offer with meaning it has like very aggressive sales copy and stuff like that, that's probably not the best place because you're just going to get shut down, yeah. you know. Um, but from a targeting standpoint, if you're new and you don't have a list and you don't have any assets, Facebook gives you, in my opinion, the best ability to target a very you know specific you can layer targeting in and go after your perfect customer avatar what i would what i would really encourage this person to do is spend some time going through customer avatar and really get to know like what their perfect customer avatar is and don't generalize it don't say like women 35 to 65 give this person a name you know talk about what they love what keeps them up at night what excites them what, you know, like really build out this persona, going back to that empathy that I talked about uh, in the chart, put yourself in your perfect customer's shoes, imagine yourselves as them. And then where they are going to live the most is where you should be looking for them. In other words, if it's a millennial that's like sub 25 years old, you probably need to be focused on Instagram, not Facebook, right? Um, so it, it really just depends on your perfect customer avatar as to where you go after, but generally speaking, Facebook's my favorite place to start. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's, it's not so difficult, you know, from what we've noticed. I mean, even uh, building a quiz funnel or something easy, um, it, it works wonders. 
All right. I don't know if you can see the questions in the chat here. Uh, we're going to take marks. Yeah, you're next. Um, Etsy and ClickFunnel, what the best way tripwire sales funnel? I think Mark is asking us what, uh, you know, the question we had earlier, building a sales funnel for Shopify vendors. Do you have any idea what ClickFunnel vendors should be using for, uh, although ClickFunnel is already a sales funnel, right? So. Yeah, I, I think um, <clears throat> the best way to build a tripwire sales funnel, I think, I think what the, the wording is slightly off on this question. I think what they meant to say was like, if I'm driving traffic to Etsy, using click funnels what is the best funnel or best way to drive traffic there um again what i would do is there's no best way there's no hard and fast best way this is based on your market research about who your perfect customer is i think i see it says driving traffic so if you're going to drive traffic to a click funnels funnel that is going to end up landing on etsy for a purchase event is that right? Can you confirm that as, as my assumption here? Let's see if you can comment back in. I don't see the comment. But anyways, if that's the case, um, I would architect a customer journey that really pre-sales your product if you're going after that product sell in Etsy in the right way. So let's see, he's saying yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So what I would do, I wouldn't build like a quiz funnel or something like this. This is a product sales funnel. So I would have product centric ads going to a sales page that really talked about the the problem that this product solves in the marketplace maybe your unique story i don't know enough about it yet to really like obviously tell you exactly how to build but i would go add to sales page to etsy for checkout and that sales page you want to use that page to overcome object objections drive benefits give testimonials of people that love it really get them excited about it and then give them a reason to click now and buy now. Maybe it's a promotion, maybe it's a, a percentage off, maybe there's a timer on the page, something like that, and then drive them to that Etsy page for a checkout. That's fantastic. Uh, Nick is just sharing information that, you know, other people pay a lot of money to go through a course and have the, you know, the CPA and testimonials. So thank you. I love it. Honestly, that's why we do this to actually share some, uh, you know, valuable information with with our friends. Sure, hundred percent. I I have a question too. Sorry, guys. I mean, come yeah. On. <laughs> uh, spy tools. I'm always so curious to see what type of spy tools my friends are in the industry are using. You know, we use Adplexity, for example. But any other ones that you you find valuable? And we think spy tools are helpful because obviously never copy content is the silliest thing you can do because you drive the cpms up for everyone but it's just beautiful to see what other brilliant marketers are doing so do you guys any use any spy tools at all um we do we use like uh spy foo and we use sem rush and we use they're more enterprise probably level tools um uh out there but uh yeah we we use those to do competitive market research and and you know, keyword research and all of that. And, um, and when we're getting, you know, into our competitive research, we'll obviously get into our competitors funnels, we'll purchase them, we'll get into their, you know, backend sequences, we'll visit their sales page, but abandon, you know, visit their cart, but abandon to see what their retargeting sequences are like. Um, obviously, on Facebook, you can look at their ad libraries uh, on Facebook specifically. Um, some of those other tools I mentioned are better at spying on more of the um, uh, Google, uh, centric journeys that people have, you know, uh, for their business. Um, but those are tools that we use on a regular basis. Anna. Awesome. Uh, got another one from Skype. How much money should I set aside for testing a new offer or, you know, um, so what Matt is asking here, you know, even when you hire an agency or you test your own offer, you need some budget aside. And we always say this with native. I mean, people always think, uh, you know, you're going to lose money. And, and it's not like that. You need to set money aside for proper testing. Um, so what do you think? What's a reasonable amount yep. uh, when you build your offer without going overboard, but still understanding that you need to to test? What's, what's an amount, you know, you can give a range to? I like, I like to use the rule of thumb. And again, this is um, subjective, like it could be different, but the general rule of thumb is five times your front end product price conversion value daily. So in other words, if you, if you've got, 
um, a $20 front-end product price, you should spend at least $100 a day testing um, to figure out if that offer's got any legs. If, for example, your front-end price was $200 and you were only spending $100 a day, you're not really having a chance to get enough data you know, through that sales funnel to determine, it would take you days to get a conversion. And the problem with days to get a conversion is that no two days of traffic are the same. So it's really hard to optimize if your conversion events are really far spread out. It could just be that you had a better day of traffic or a worse day of traffic. And so I like to get enough traffic in one day on the offer consistently that we can make good decisions on optimization. That's a, you know, that's a decent amount. I, I agree. And, you know, um, you shouldn't start with 200, 300 bucks until, until, you know, that's, I think that's an amount more for actually getting traffic once you have uh, some data. Yeah, absolutely. I, that, I think that to clarify my, you know, a hundred bucks or, or sorry, five times is the minimum, but I like to do like, you know, let's say you could spend two or 300 bucks. Most time when we get a new client, that's got a new product or an existing client that's doing a new product launch with us, our budget is depending on the client, two to $300 a day. If it's a product price sub 50 bucks. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but we've been doing this for almost an hour. We just, uh, this tells me that we need to have Nick back, right guys? Do you agree? <laughs> I know everyone is there in their seat. Yes, please. And the awesome thing about Nick, this is just one of the topics he is excited about. So mm -hmm. we had a bunch of new ones for you guys. But one more question for me, Nick. Yeah. Um, if there's one thing you want our friends to take away from today's podcast, that one piece of information that you, you think is the most valuable, uh, what do you think that should be? Mm, that's a great question. I think um, the biggest thing is that it, it, you know, conversion rate optimization or conversion optimization is everything. And it's every piece of real estate in the business that a customer can hit from ad, email, you know, the whole journey, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. I would love everybody to take that away today that it all matters and that you can test and optimize all of that real estate to have a massive impact in your business. Fantastic. That was brilliant. And uh, again, to everyone listening on Shopify, Google, or any other podcast channel, uh, please watch this later on YouTube, at least just to see Nick and how uh, amazing he is. And he has a similar backdrop, which rarely happens. And he gets a big plus for me because of it. So yes. uh, <laughs> I would like to see you at any upcoming conferences, Nick. And what, what? I'm sorry, what was the last sentence? Any upcoming conferences where we could... No, um, we ended up uh, canceling TNC last minute, um, but uh, we've, we don't have anything on the docket right now, honestly. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what uh, Q4 brings. I know. Well, we're all excited, and hopefully everyone can uh, get to traveling soon. Nick, thank you again so much. We appreciate you. You've been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you, guys. It's been a fun... Fun time. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Max of Video Podcast. If you have any questions, please shoot them over for us. And if you have any speaker, you know, if, if there's anyone you would like us to interview, let us know and we will we'll do our best to bring them on. Have a fantastic, productive day. We love you. Stay safe.